All right, sitting down with Hanley head football coach Larry Strain, a little preseason uh, chat about uh, the season. Uh, coach, we can't really call this a typical preseason interview because living in this world today, so much has changed with the coronavirus. Uh, how unusual are things for you this fall? Well, we still don't know what to plan for because we don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. We don't know what's going to take place. You know, we're sitting here preseason right now, and I can't tell you who we're going to play our first ball game with. I can't tell you when it's going to be uh, because there's so many things in the uh, because of COVID-19 that has happened. Uh, first of all, if you go looking at our schedule, the reason why that's the case that I can't plan or, or be prepared for any of these things is because Georgia's now moved their schedule uh, two weeks later. And we had a game with Lamar County on week three, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, now their schedule doesn't line up with us. And now we don't have a week three. The Fed has called me in the Jamboree and and uh, said that because of COVID, they're not going to be able to play in the Jamboree game. And so now, does that mean we'd always game one? And Coach Prestridge has lost his his Jamboree game as well as now I've lost mine. So we're both scrambling to find football games, you know, three, four weeks before you're supposed to play somebody. And, uh, you know, we have the option that me and Coach Prestridge could move our game to zero or to one since we play if it helps either one of us out on the schedule. But right now we don't know what's going to happen because we hadn't got been confirmed by anything. So that's kind of the way the season is. You know, we got to start a week earlier in football practice, and then uh, I typically never give them a day off. The first week I gave them off on the Friday because you're five weeks out for possibly or maybe six weeks out before you play your first game. So, you know, it's, it's a fluid situation. It's day-to-day, -day and, and, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. So you just have to – you have to prepare and try to be ready um, for any scenario that you, that you may face. Let's talk a little bit. That the Alabama High School Athletic Association made some changes to what sidelines were going to look like uh, this year. And uh, so they've extended the box from, I believe, the 10 to the 10. Uh, and talk a little bit about that, Coach. Well, you know, it's, you're going to see it's going to be different during the ball games and some of the things that they changed. And, and I, I'd be honest with you, I haven't read the – document the return to play document that and exclusively yet one because i happen to be on the football committee so we discussed all this but some of the things from the return to play document was not what we discussed uh in the in the committee meeting there so uh i thought i knew what was going on then uh, for example the first week they've been telling us the whole time that we could start practice on july 27th like normal they're gonna give us an extra week because we missed spring so I come in there that first day, and we're going to have two a days. And I got into my first practice, and then uh, some of the coaches commented, said, Coach, you might better read that document. They had two sentences in there that said, you can't have contact the first week, and you can't have two a days the first week. So I had to do something different. So my answer to, the, to your question is, is, I haven't read it all. I, I do know what's contained in that document, for example, uh, you're supposed to social distance on the sidelines. Players go from the 10-yard to the 10-yard line. They're not going to allow the teams at timeout to come to the sideline. So now that causes a problem uh, about – and now used to, you didn't have to bring your team to the sideline anyway, but only the rules said only one coach could come to the field. You could still do that. But if you bring them to the sideline, you could have all your coaches there. So everybody brings their teams to the sideline so all the coaches can talk to them. But now they have obviously have 
you know, change that rule. They're going to allow us to come to the field. But the problem now is, is what if you have an equipment issue in that group that's in the timeout? Or now how are you going to get them water? Because now they say that everybody has to have their own individual water bottle. So all us coaches are having to scramble at ideas. What is the best way to get it done? In other words, typically at practice right now, for example, we're making our kids bring their own water bottles. And you say, well, that's... That's kind of harsh. They, they, they sh- y'all should furnish them water. Well, you know, I've always furnished them water at practice in the past. But our way of furnishing water was put them in coolers and have cups out there. Well, I can't allow every kid to touch the cooler. I can't allow anybody else. I can't clean the cooler between every single time. He well, said, well, get everybody a water bottle like you water them on Friday night. Well, I can't do that because now if I get everybody the big Gatorade bottles, I would have to have... 65 or so bottles on the sideline, I would have to wash those bottles every single day at practice and before, and that's that would be just a nightmare to do. So what we basically have said, nobody touch your water, you bring your own water, but I'm gonna furnish the water on game nights. And what we're just gonna do is we're gonna have a regular bottle of water like you buy here at Walmart on the sideline. And everybody says, well, put your name on it. Well, you can't just put the name on the bottle. Because what if I just substituted and we bring out the wrong bottle, somebody's not going to have water. So the best choice that we have made is to have a completely brand new, fresh bottle of water. When they get done with the water, throw it in a garbage can, and we just go with a new, fresh bottle of water. It's the best way. So there's going to be issues like that that we're going to face. And there's other rules. We've got to clean the ball every time that it comes out. And, th- and there's no fans on the sideline. There's, there's nobody that's not essential personnel on the sidelines. You know, that's even going to affect cheerleaders and band. So it, it's going to look totally different. So basically we're going to have to exit the field before we allow the, the band to come onto the field. And there's no handshakes during the ball game. We don't get to go meet with the visiting team, show sportsmanship. It's only going to be one captain out there. So there's, there's a whole host of changes of things that's going to take place. Football in the fall will take a new face <laughs> for sure. It sure will. <laughs> All right, Coach, let's talk a little bit about some of the key players that you, you got back. Last year you had somewhat of a young team, but you've got Evan Cofield at quarterback, the likes of Jake Cottle, Dylan Brooks, and Tay Meadows back. Uh, what kind of impact do these guys have on the team? Well, it's, it's good for us, you know, especially if you're small schools. You know, we, we've been playing with young kids the last two or three years, to be honest with you. Ever since 16, we've played with young kids, and they've, got, they've gotten a lot of experience. And, and, uh, and so, the, the, for the most part, I lost three people on offense and three people on defense last year. So, a lot of the same faces are playing the same positions that, that, that they played last year. We have a good group of eighth graders that's come up and played. So, so that, that helps you to be an experienced team, obviously, as we go through the season. But, you know, Dylan Brooks, Jake Cottle, Evan. You know, Evan has started for us now, what, at least two full years. He played some three years ago. And the Meadows kid, you know, has been here playing for us, but he, because of injury he's not got to play a whole lot the last two years. We're excited about that. But, you know, Jake Cottle and Dylan Brooks is experienced people as I've got. So, so we're really excited about getting to see them on the field this time. Okay, talking about Dylan Brooks, now that he's committed to Tennessee, has that helped the focus? And I know you and I talked about it. You were kind of wanting him to go ahead and get that out of the way. Does, does that have a big impact on this football team now? Well, f- 
far as the recruiting, the recruiting has been different this year simply because of COVID-19 to start with. Now, we still had Coach O and Coach Nick Saban, you know, Jeremy Pruitt. We had Oregon's coach. We we had UConn's coach. We had, you know, we had uh, Malzahn. We, we, we had them all that, that, that came in here in the spring, and that was before COVID-19 hit. But since the time of COVID-19 has came in, I hadn't seen nobody. Now, I've had, I've had one or two people that's come through here this way, and you know, I'm not necessarily mentioning some names in case it was something on their part they shouldn't have done. But no coaches have came. But uh, and, and so the the recruiting impact of it has changed a lot. But Dylan is still getting hit up, and I'm still getting hit up with that. But still, with that notoriety, I guess is the best word. Not only is the recruiting is maybe not be seen by everybody else here at the football facility or at school. But Dylan's still getting the calls I am. But because of that notoriety of Dylan, uh, we only had Sports Illustrated here yesterday. I mean, I had the Under Armour All-American game that's got to do an interview with us today. Uh, you know, got all these SDI people, sports information folks, that's coming out to see us. And so it's, it's still impactful because of the type player that he is, is what it boils down to. So we still have a lot of stuff that's going on. Going to move into a, a different region, still Region Four, but basically everybody on the schedule is that would be a region game is kind of a different opponent, except Munford. We've played Munford in the past, but Munford dropped back down. Uh, how does this new region shape up with with the likes of uh, Munford and Cleburne County and Jacksonville? Well, you know we're the only team that stayed four A in our Region Four last year. Childersburg went three, and everybody else went five A. Uh, last year, so so we're the only team that stayed 4A in that whole region. So it's a completely different region. It, it's it's a region that we're excited about playing because it's really closer to Roanoke, Alabama, the teams that we're playing compared to who we played last year. Now we don't have to go to Montgomery twice, and we don't have to go to Birmingham once, you know, to play all those games, or we don't have to go to Talladega County about twice up in that area to play. Uh, now you're playing folks that we happen to know that that we've grown up with that would seem to be uh, more of rival type games, if that makes sense. You know, when you throw in there, you know, Jacksonville High School, who's led by Clint Smith, who played at Clay County, and, and you know, it's good friends of mine. And then you got Joby Burns, who's at Cleveland County, and then Andrew Owens is there, that's, that's helped us before. And you got uh, Joby, who's been at Clay Central forever and been at Randolph County High School where he played his high school career. He happened to know all them folks. Then you got Coach White and me and another coach here that's, uh, you know, been at White Plains before. And you're playing White Plains on, on, on the schedule. So that's obvious. Now, we since I've been here, we played Aniston and Mumford. But Mumford's got a new coach since that time. But it's somebody that we know very well and Coach Easley. It's, uh, uh, there are so many people on these staffs. Matter of fact, uh, at Mumford, the O-line coach at Mumford, and I don't know if he's the offensive coordinator, Blake Snyder, he was on my staff at White Plains. So there's just so many different connections in this new region that we have that's going to make it um, not necessarily it's, – it's going to be more challenging to think. I think it's actually a little bit tougher region from top to bottom than what my region was last year. Now, two or three years previous, that may not have been the case. 
but it's somebody that we know or we've coached with. So it's going to make those games to be more important to us. And not that every ball game is not important. The kids may not see that. But as us, as a coaching staff, we know we're too familiar with all those people up there. And you always want to beat your buddy and you always want to beat your friend. You want the bragging rights over them. You mentioned uh, some uh, staff people here, Coach White. You've got you've had a couple of new additions to your staff this year, or at least right. one. So talk a little bit about your new additions. Well, I got uh, Barry Simmons. This came in here, and he's he's been a ho- head coach at two different places. He's been at Asheville's head coach, and he's been at Coosa Central. But now he's been anywhere from Clara to Westbrook uh, to his a couple other schools there that he's been. He's been several different places in his 16-year career. He's very, very knowledgeable. Uh, he uh, He's coming here and coaching our secondary for us. And uh, since uh, Kevin Smith has left our staff um, and Eric Dye had, had didn't really want to do, be our defensive coordinator anymore, we moved Coach White to defensive coordinator. And we hired uh, Coach Simmons to run the secondary. And since they're real good friends and see each other every day and work with each other every day, they work very well on the defensive side of the ball there. Then uh, we had a one spot in Taylor Craven that came up that's helping us with our 7th, uh, 8th grade program down there. Um, he's, you know, somebody that's played baseball here at Hanley High School and went to Jacksonville State and played in his college career, and now he's got his degree. Come back, we're excited about having him as well. Coach, any final comments? Uh, I, I know everything. We've talked about everything being a fluid situation and everything changes uh, from day to day, but do you have any final thoughts? Well, just my final thoughts is this. You know, I, I, would, like, I would like to post our schedule out there for everybody to see. But then, and I had a junior high parent call me wanting to know what was this and what was that the other day. And I said, I talked to him, and I told him, I said, look, it's hard for me to answer you the questions when I don't know what the answer is myself. Because, you know, like these guys at practice right now, we're just having to take it day by day. You know, if if I knew we was playing on the 21st right now, then I would, knew, I would know exactly kind of how many two-a-days we're going to do, how long we need to practice, what we need to prepare for. But right now, we can't even – we don't even have film on – we don't know who we're going to play, so we don't have any film to know if we're going to play – a 40 defense, a 3-4, or they're going to run the wing tee, or they're going to be in the spread. So so there's there's a lot of unknowns out here, and it's the exact same thing that has happened with everybody because of the COVID-19 situation that nobody knows. Nobody's got an answer. You know, you look at what the, look what the college football, NCAA football did. They're waiting to the last second because they don't know what the answer is either. My only final thought really is I just hope we – continue to get to play all these football games because our kids deserve the opportunity to get to play. Coach, thanks again for uh, taking time to sit down with us, and uh, we'll keep you updated as we get those updates.